Hello, everyone, and welcome back to It's Fine, I'm Fine, Everything's Fine, the podcast where I talk about my problems, your problems, and everyone's problems, because we all have problems. Welcome back to episode two, guys, and might I say the first podcast did pretty well for, like, a first episode that you let out, you know, like, I'm I'm not known a lot, you know, not a lot of people know me, and I'm not, like, famous or anything, so it's really great to see that people are enjoying my stuff, and I am looking forward to continuing this, but I do have a specific way that I'm going to continue this, and that was through the help of some friends that helped me figure out what I'm going to do and the future of this podcast. So the way this podcast is going to go is I'm going to choose a topic to talk about for an entire season. My entire first season will be the mental health season, and I won't reveal the next topic until the end of the season. Each season will last six or so weeks, and we're going to talk about so much in each and every season. And when my friends gave me that idea, specifically Jen, she gave me that idea, I was like, whoa, I need to do this. Because, like, first of all, mental health is something that needs to be dragged on in a couple of episodes because there's just so much about it and there's so much that I know about mental health and that I'm a mental health advocate and I just like to stand up and talk about mental health because it needs to be normalized because a lot of people have issues (laughs) we all have problems and um I'm just so excited to continue this season. So obviously after this episode, we have four episodes left. Unless I want to carry it on, we'll see what happens. But I'm so excited to keep this going. Um, And I want to remind everyone that I am still new to this whole podcast. So any type of promotion really does help. You can follow the Instagram, which is literally at it's fine, I'm fine, everything's fine, one one the number one um and share some of the posts i know i only have two posts up there right now because i don't know what else i'm gonna do but i'm working on it i'm trying to figure this all out just like you know everything i want people who need to hear the things i'm talking about to listen to what i have to say and without you guys and the motivation that i've been receiving from friends and families on on this podcast is one of the greatest things like it just feels so good to be recognized and for people to hear what I have to say and actually understand what I'm going through and what other people are going through. So, please go tell your friends, go tell your family members, maybe your pets want to listen, but let's get into the podcast. So, let's get freaking started, guys. I am so excited for this episode, as I am every time I say this and pick up the microphone. But on today's episode, we will be talking about sleep deprivation and how it may hurt your mental health and everything that has to do with sleep and the problems with sleeping and all that stuff. This is a very important topic to me because I've dealt with this for a while now, so let's get right into it. So as we all know from the previous episode, I've been diagnosed with panic disorder And before I was diagnosed, I was having a lot of trouble sleeping from the moment of getting vaccinated forward. Um, The thing is, I know a lot of people just ask and assume, did you even try to sleep? I have people asking me all the time, did you even try to sleep? Like, did you put your phone down and try to sleep? And the answer to that question is yes. At the time, I used to put my phone down by like 12 a.m., or somewhere around that time and try to sleep and it wouldn't work 
<clears throat> now, at the beginning of my diagnosis and everything and figuring all this stuff out, there were days where I was supposed to wake up at 5 a.m. the next day, and even sleeping medication like melatonin or ultrasound was not helping, which was the worst part of it all. And to me, and I think everyone should look at this in this light, sleep is such an important thing to the body, and I've really taken it for granted and what sleep can do for my body. Trust and believe there were times and there are still times where I will not put my phone down because I'm sitting there for hours upon hours just stroll, scrolling on TikTok. And I know majority of people who are listening to my podcast right now probably do the same exact thing. And, you know, no judgment, no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. I'm just, I'm just saying it's something that we shouldn't do and we're all in the same boat. Throughout this episode, I'll be talking about research I've made regarding the topic, just to educate myself and everyone who's listening to this episode, and I will, of course, cite my findings and keep you all in the loop about where I got this information just to prevent anyone from receiving false information. Because, obviously, we are in the age of misinformation and the age of information um, since COVID started and everything, as we all know. So, um, my first finding was actually really interesting. In this study done by Harvard Health Publishing and Harvard Medical, um, they say, and I quote, sleep and mental health are so closely connected. Sleep deprivation affects your psychological state and mental health, and those with mental health problems are more likely to have insomnia or other sleep disorders. Um, That's just the intro to it, uh, but here are the real facts. So, chronic sleep problems affect 50 to 80% of patients in a typical psychiatric practice compared to the 10 to 18% of adults in the general U.S. population. Sleep problems are particularly common in patients with anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and ADHD. So, my thoughts on this, um, it's really interesting to see that kind of everything being brought into percentages. Um... It's really something that I needed to process and think about when researching because sleep, like everyone is affected by the way they sleep and your day is based off of how you're sleeping. And that's just so interesting to me, how your brain just puts all of this into your head and like you have to go to sleep, rest your brain, wake up and feel refreshed. Or if you don't wake up and feel refreshed, then you're screwed basically so on the next part of this episode also i'm realizing i'm talking a little fast so this episode might not be as long as i would have hoped but we're just gonna go with it because i am a fast talker and if you guys don't like that I could slow down. Whatever the reviews are for this episode, you guys just let me know because I love this podcast and I want you guys to enjoy it. And if I'm talking way too fast and you're not comprehending it enough, just let me know and I will definitely slow it down next episode. (laughs) So now I'm going to be talking about insomnia. Insomnia is extremely common and makes it hard for people to fall asleep, stay asleep, or cause you to wake up too early and not be able to get back to sleep. This is something that me, along with more than 70 million Americans, deal with on a daily basis. 70 million Americans. 
that's a lot of people. If you really think about it, you're like, yeah, we're a population of over 331 million, but that's a lot of people that are struggling with the same thing and that can confide in each other, really, if they wanted to. So at the time of my diagnosis, I was not and still am not able to sleep as much as I want to. See, the constant misconception with me is that everyone thinks I just like to lay in bed all day and stay up all night as if it's easy to just switch your schedule around. My schedule is my schedule, and a lot of people tell me constantly, you need to sleep. Like, you need to just put your stuff down. You need to sleep. Um, can you explain to me how? Because I really would like to know exactly how you do it. Because I can't. Like, it's just so hard. And I don't, I don't lay in bed all day either. I really don't, and I hate laying in bed all the time. Just, as much as I love my bed and how comfortable it is, I really just, like, don't like laying in it all the time because it's just, like, if you lay in bed all day, then you're not going to be able to sleep at night, and that's just a fact. So, according to the Cleveland Clinic, I can't speak, um, insomnia can come and go, or it could just continue. Um, There are different types of insomnia, short-term, and chronic. Um, Short-term lasts a few days or weeks and can be caused by stress, whereas chronic insomnia is when the sleep difficulties can occur at least three times a week or more for three months or longer. So I only give you the facts to help people decipher whether or not they have insomnia. Um, uh, Insomnia is self-diagnosable. You don't really need to go somewhere to figure out if you have insomnia or not it's just like if you're recording your sleep pattern or or realizing that you're not getting as much sleep and you're trying to sleep and it's so hard you can self-diagnose this is the only time i'm giving you the the opportunity to self-diagnose yourself so take it as you will (laughs) um insomnia has a lot of risks and risk fact i you know I just, maybe I could speak, maybe English could come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, insomnia has a lot of risk factors and consequences. Uh, it occurs more often in women than in men due to pregnancy and hormonal shifts. All my ladies out there, you're struggling with insomnia more than men, and I'm sorry about that, <laughs> uh, but that can disturb you in your sleep. And this, oh, this was like an interesting fact that I really didn't know, and it's that insomnia becomes more common over the age of 60. And what I'm thinking when I'm reading this is if I cannot sleep now and I have this much insomnia now at the age of 22, I can't imagine how bad it would be at 60. Um, And I, you know, thinking about it, my friend's like, my friend's grandma, um, she's like, she stays awake until like, one or two o'clock in the morning from what i've noticed and my mom she likes to stay up until that time too and she's um she's like 61 now but it's crazy to think that these people like cannot sleep like they just can't sleep they just want to stay up and this could be because of like bodily functions and like um bodily changes regarding age and medical conditions as an older person which is, like, really interesting, but also, like, I get it. Like, I understand it. Now, the consequences are obvious and also make a lot of sense to me, and here they are. Irritability, (laughs) anxiety, or depression. I don't know why I laughed after irritability, but every time I can't sleep, like, I'm a cranky bitch. Um, 
It also includes fatigue or low energy throughout the day and having memory loss problems or struggles in concentration. So when I was in high school and I couldn't sleep, the next day I obviously had to wake up at like 6 o'clock in the morning every day. I would just not be able to concentrate or think or process. And even to this day, I'm not working. I'm not in school right now. I haven't started again yet. But um, it's annoying. And I'm always anxious when I don't get the amount of sleep that I really want to get. And I wake up in a panic and still tired. And I'm sure most of you have dealt with, you know, the feeling of not being able to sleep. And then you wake up and you're still tired, regardless of how many hours you of sleep you get like sometimes I can get like last night okay last night I went to bed at like 11 11 15 because that's when my wind down starts on my iPhone and I put my phone down and I try to sleep but I toss and I turn and I keep looking at my phone to see the time I hate doing that but like I do it and when I look at the time, it's like 1 o'clock, and then 3 o'clock, and then 5 o'clock, and then 6 o'clock, and then 7 o'clock. I'm up at 7 o'clock. I'm like, I'm checking my snaps. And then I put my phone back down, and I go back to sleep. I wake up again at 8.30. 8.30. And I text people back. I start texting people back. And then I put my phone back down. And then I finally wake up at 9.30 today. So that's like... Ugh, how long is that? That's like over eight hours. That's definitely over eight hours. That's almost 12 hours of sleep. I think it's 10, nine, nine hours of sleep. I don't even know. I can't do the math right now, but it's annoying and I hate it so much. So if you or someone you know is dealing with insomnia and want to know for sure if they have it or not, here are some things that you could do. You can get a blood test and when I say get a blood test, it's just to, um, you know, figure out if you have any underlying conditions that could be causing your restlessness or not being able to sleep. And just to cross that factor out. Next, you can keep a sleep diary, which means like writing down your schedule, like how many, how long you're sleeping and the patterns if you wake up, if you don't wake up, any of that stuff, which... I th- I'm like highly considering doing because I want to figure out why I cannot sleep. And I also do realize that it it is a symptom of my uh, my panic disorder. And I really, I hate it. I hate it so much. And I really want to figure out how to better myself. Uh, lastly is to get a sleep study. So when I talk about sleep studies, it's not for diagnosing insomnia, but it could help you decipher if you have something like sleep apnea or another sleep disorder that isn't insomnia. So in the next part, the next and final part, I'm going to be talking about how to improve sleep while dealing with your mental health. Um, it's, it's broad, <laughs> but it's also really quick. I feel so bad that this is short. I'm like overthinking. <laughs> um, when it comes to short-term insomnia, almost every time it'll get better on its own. But for chronic chronic insomnia, you might need to take on something like cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. So there's a specific type of CBT that you could do, and that's for insomnia. 
Um, it's like an intervention for insomnia that gives you the identity of the source and replaces those thoughts and behaviors that cause or worsen your sleep schedule. So my trauma, everything that I've dealt with in my life and leading up to this point, it could be the root to my insomnia and why I'm restless and why I can't stop thinking at night. I know most of you are, I'm going to sidetrack for a second. I know most of you who are having trouble sleeping are thinking, of a million and one things, a million and one possible different situations that you could currently be in right now. I sit there laying awake, thinking of the multiple ways that my life could go and what I could do and what I should do the next day. You know, while I was, you know, not being able to sleep last night, I was thinking, should I move my bed around? Should I move my room? Like, should I, like, the dumbest things, or it could be the realest things to you. Personally, I think about the deepest things all the time when my eyes are just closed and I'm thinking about every possible situation that I could have, every interaction I could have with someone, anything around those lines. All right, that's enough talking about that. But let me get back to healing and making everything better. (laughs) So another option you may have is medications. So as I spoke about everything before, I was talking about the melatonin and ultrasom. Ultrasom is actually a really good sleep medication. And this is not a sponsor that really just sounded like a sponsorship. But um, ultrasom is number one physician recommended for sleep. And you take one like 30 minutes before you go into sleep, just like you would take melatonin. And it like knocks you out off of one pill. For me, it did not do that, but that's because I'm built different. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just, I'm just built different. And um, doctors do recommend taking sleep medicines only once in a while for a short amount of time. But medicine is definitely not the first recommendation they would give to you. So they would probably give you a CBTI, uh, which is the cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia recommendation. And I. I'm not against that. If you or someone you know has an issue with sleeping, you should definitely seek out CBTI. It's it'll help you. And maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it too and I'll let you guys know what happens. Um if you do not have insomnia and you would like to prevent it to the best of your abilities, you can do so by I feel okay, let's be real. Let's be real for a second. I sound like I'm just like reading things off. I'm not. Okay, I'm reading stuff off. (laughs) But I'm reading stuff off of information that I wanted to share with you guys. And I want this to sound more genuine. So, (laughs) you can avoid large meals, caffeine, and alcohol before bed. That is something that is... I Listen, I'm for those of you who see me in person... I'm going to make this funny. Oh, God. Um, I I love food. I'm a foodie, if you will. Uh, And I I just, I love a big, good, big old meal. It just, it's good. It satisfies me. And I realize that that could also be an effect, a reason for my insomnia. Um, Be active during the day, wherever you can. On here, it says preferably outside, but if you can't get outside and you have like an indoor like treadmill or a cycle, uh, like a bicycle, like I have that, uh, definitely do that and definitely, you know, get your energy up. And I'm going to say something. I realized while having a dog to keep him awake 
because he gets really crazy at night. He gets so crazy at night and doesn't stop. He doesn't stop going hyper on me and like he attacks me. So I realized to keep him awake more during the day and like get all his energy out so that he has a full night's sleep. Uh, Other than the times I'm doing like filming my podcast and doing other stuff like that. Put all technology away for 30 minutes before going to bed. This is something that I do not do. This is something that everyone my age most likely does not do. You probably look at your phone up until you're ready to put your phone down and go to sleep. I do it. You do it. We all do it. And that's something that's just... In our generation and time, it's something that's hard to control, but it's also not hard to control. So, I understand and I don't understand. (laughs) Next is quit smoking. Smoking does have a lot of major effects on your mental health and and your sleep schedule. And the nicotine and the want and need for nicotine is something that you cannot control unless you are willing to control. So definitely think about quit, quitting smoking. It's definitely um, something that is big, a big deal. Next is make sure your sleeping area is dark, quiet, and cool. So I have a problem when I'm sleeping. I need to literally... I need to literally have an air conditioner on year round because the sound is just soothing to me. And yeah, like I'm freezing every night, but like, I really don't care. (laughs) I don't care because I'm getting the sound that I need to fall asleep because I can't just sleep in a quiet room. It just, it really bugs me when I can hear every creak, every noise, every, you know, when like the house moves, like house sounds, like I've heard of that before and it's just, it's something I do not like. I hate it because it just bothers me and I feel like every sound that I hear is just going to scare me awake. Next and finally is do something like meditation or reading a good book that does not involve too much thought and thinking and listening to calm music. So every night when I put my phone down, I put my AirPod in and I listen to my sad playlist. Not because I want to get sad, but because it helps me sleep. And I, I don't get sad off of my sad playlist, which is weird. Uh, it's just so weird. And um, meditation, I'm really considering meditation. Because from what I hear about it, it's really relaxing. And I want to do something like that to just wrap up and bring my brain back to calamity and and not freak out and not overthink that because we're all overthinking i know we're all overthinking at night so don't lie to me okay i know you're lying to me (laughs) so these are just some of the ways i want to help you guys and myself because of my struggle with sleep and i have the worst sleep schedule known to man sleep is just something that's so hard for everyone and like i think it's hard i think it's uh, an activity that's so hard putting my brain down to rest when i'm just constantly thinking about things and even when i'm talking in my voice i'm also thinking in my head constantly and to i do that while i'm sleeping it's weird like i'm weird and that's totally okay i have a problem with sleeping you probably have a problem with sleeping and that is okay guys so 
I am going to end it here. I'm sorry about how short this is. I really wanted it to be longer, but there wasn't enough research that I could find and figure out. You know, I don't even have to explain myself to you guys. It's my freaking show. Thank you guys so much for coming and tuning in. Next week, I have a special guest. She's one of my friends. I am so excited to come on and record with her. You guys are not ready for the conversation that we are about to have next week. It's going to be much longer than this, I hope. But I thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys next week on It's Fine, I'm Fine, Everything's Fine. Goodbye.